welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 215. Today is Thursday, April 13th, 2023. So if you guys are listening on Spotify and you are not following Elijah Fire Podcast on there yet, go ahead and give us a follow. That'll really help us out. Also, if you're listening on the app, Spotify app, Go ahead and uh, make sure to rate this podcast as well. That'll really help us out as well. And also, wherever you guys are listening to this podcast, you can rate it there as well. You can do it on Apple. You can do it on Google. You can do it on all the other ones. Um, Also, anytime you guys donate to ElijahFire.com slash donate, all proceeds go towards keeping this free, this machine free at five days a week. There's a whole lot of moving parts behind the scenes. We're doing a lot of different stuff making sure that we can get these episodes out and uh, that they're jam-packed full of great content. Uh, But then we also take a portion of every single donation and we funnel it into our water well efforts over in Uganda, our partnership with Show Mercy International. So we're going to play a quick well spot showing you where that money is going and then we're going to get going. All right, so my guest today, um, she was on uh, a couple couple of weeks ago, month, two months ago, something like that, and it was very popular. A lot of you guys gave us great feedback. Um, I know myself, my mind was blown with a couple of things she said. So if you uh, have not seen that, stick around for this one, but go back and watch that one. That's going to provide a lot of insight into the occult, to witchcraft, all of that stuff. Um, the, how, really about like blood and the uh, the how important blood is for co- covenants. And it's just like, man, that one hit me hard. I was like, dude, this makes so much sense. Like even just with what God um, did with Jesus, Jesus came, sacrifices himself, shed his blood for us. Um, so it's, it's, it's great. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that kind of stuff as well. Um, this go around, but it's going to be a great episode. So let's give it up for my guest. She's a prophetic voice. She's the director of Rigla Tom. She's also hailing all the way from Colombia. Let's give it up for my guest today, Julie Lopez. Hey. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me here today. I'm so excited to be back. Yeah. It's great. It was great last time. And I, I'm really looking forward to today. I think, I, you know, your episode last time really reinforced to me. Anytime I anytime I interact with someone who's has a wildly different experience than my own, um, it just reinforces to me why we need the body of Christ, why we need to all come together because we all have different perspectives. We're coming at Jesus from different angles, and so us sharing our testimonies and our experience bring greater clarity um, about like where not to go and how not to operate. In your case, uh, in witchcraft, and explaining the significance of that even in the spiritual realm, I think is invaluable to the body of Christ. I know a lot of people feel the same way. So, um, yeah. So amazing yeah. to see that you're a follower of Jesus now and all that's great. So cool. Amen. So, yes. Yeah. All right. So Julie, what are we going to be talking about today? So today we are going to, we are going to be talking about what is the prophetic why the prophetic is so important what are the ways that god uses 
to speak to us and what are the differences and the similarities between the prophetic and witchcraft. I always say that between witchcraft and the prophetic, there is a thin line. Mm. When I came from that world and I became Christian, I started to experience and realize that, wow, this is similar. And I, at some point, I was actually thinking that what we were doing as Christians was witchcraft until the Holy Spirit started to confront me and tell me the enemy doesn't create, the enemy copies. So mm. everything that you are doing now is guided by the Holy Spirit. And what they are doing is guided by familiar spirits. So that for me completely changed the perspective of the prophetic, of the blood of Jesus, of speaking in tongues. And I realized actually how important it is as Christians be walking in the prophetic and understanding that each one of us have, have been called to hear the voice of God and to release heaven on, on earth. On. So we are going to be talking about. Awesome. So I have a question before we get started, because I'm just curious, do, um, do like people in the occult or in, you know, if they're a witch or a warlock or whatever, is there a such thing as prophecy or like prophecy? Like they can, say certain things like oh this will happen to you or this is gonna does that happen in that constantly is okay. literally the daily breath wow. this is why when i started to understand the prophetic i got so frustrated as to why these people have so much understanding on the future the past prophetic acts like actually the spiritual realm and how the church is so like sleeping the church doesn't have understanding of the power of the blood of Jesus, mm -hmm. the covenants, the prophetic. And actually, I realized that, wow, they actually understand even authority. They understand ranks. They are trained. They do vigils. They're actually just like spending time with the familiar spirit. And we cannot even spend one hour with the Holy Spirit. So, yes. There is something that are called mediums, or you can actually see the future through tarot card readings or horoscopes or crystals, or you know, through even like rituals when a spirit, a spirit, a spirit, a familiar spirit or a spirit guide comes and takes over. Mm -hmm. And literally, you start to speak about the future. It's not actually you, but the spirit that is taking control. But yes, there's been situations. In fact, my dad's death was kind of like prophesy, let me emphasize, prophesy yeah. as by this demon that someone in my house will die in one week. So they already were in the spiritual realm, were releasing those things. And something that I realized, interesting, with the occultism is that one of the ways that they operate, these witches, these warlocks, these, 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 these mediums, these people, of the ways that they use to operate in people and to bring things to people is through fear so if they are prophesying of their sorry not prophesying if they are like releasing these words about the future about someone like hey you are going to have an accident part of why that becomes reality is because the person now accepts those words and they operate in fear so fear is like an open portal for the enemy to manifest these things so this is why when i always tell people if you are operating under a spirit of fear if you are actually partnering with those thoughts of death those thoughts of accident or infirmity or this is going to happen to me this is going to happen to my children it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen be, but because you are operating by fear, you are opening a portal to the enemy to release those things over your life and become reality. Yeah. So even amongst Christians, Christians can fall into that. 
Oh, 100%. Oh. I, believe, I believe that, you know, as Christians, we need to be careful with open portals. What yeah. portals are we opening to the enemy? What things are we doing that are giving the legal right to the enemy? And let me tell you something. We need to be careful as Christians. And you know why? Because the enemy is a sneaky. He is going to try to come in your house, in your marriage, in your children, use every way possible to actually release those things over your life. And one of the things that the enemy is doing is through entertainment. Entertainment starts with the word enter. So that's what the enemy is using right now to enter families, to enter children, to mm-hmm. enter your life. And I see even in the chart, I saw actually, I think two nights ago, how through Easter, there was this church and they did like a show that it was supposed to be for like Easter for Jesus. And they actually brought some entertainment, but all they were doing was releasing witchcraft, talking wow. about that. It's actually on YouTube. As I was watching that, I was actually thinking how people kind of realize that through this type of entertainment, they are spirits that are entering a spirit of lust a spirit of witchcraft like why are we so blind to these things and this is what i believe we need to raise up we need to wake up and actually start talking about these topics it's not that we are talking about darkness it's not that we are glorifying darkness but hey how do you want to fight against against something that you don't even know? Yeah. If you want to fight against something, you will start to know about who your enemy is, how your enemy operates, but also understanding that Jesus' work on the cross said it is finished. Mm-hmm. So we need to grasp that what he did on the cross and manifest that because it is already finished. So we need to release that here on earth. So we, co- we could see heaven on earth and we can actually stop what the enemy is trying to release, not only across our family, but across our nations. Wow. Yeah. Well, I think too, the Western church, especially, uh, so predominantly in Europe and then in North America, um, cause I feel like South America is a little different, you know, like there's a lot of spiritual activity down there. Um, uh, but up here, it just feels like it's like sleepy. It feels like that's like the big temptation is like sleepy falling asleep. And we do that even through like, like you were saying, entertainment. I talk about that all the time on the show as someone who feels called into the arts and entertainment industry, along with my wife. Um, I, I feel like God has given me a better vision of just how the enemy operates within that. But just from my own experience, uh, filling my, my time with watching movies and TV and all of that, um, it, it almost, it makes you just dumb to the things of the spirit it quiets that down and all of a sudden it's like and i don't know if that's a result of opening portals where it's like demons were able to come in and they were able to like keep us distracted or i i don't know i mean you would have a lot more insight into that because i actually don't have a whole lot of experience in terms of like opening portals and all of that i just know how to keep our home clean and holy (laughs) that's that's kind of what i know how to do but i don't know if you could speak a little bit more to like opening portals. I think that's a really interesting topic because I don't, I, I don't know a whole lot about it. So. So the, the opening of the portals come through, as I was saying, through the most of it, through the entertainment. What are you watching? What are you listening? What are you bringing to the house? What are you partnering with? And also when the enemy is releasing things in your mind, if you partner with those words, it's like portals start to open. So there are different ways that actually 
a portal can be opened through entertainment, music, movies, what you listen, what you watch, what are you talking, also through iniquities or generational courses, because mm. I believe that when we become Christians, we start a process. I always say that deliverance for me is like an onion. Do you know an onion, when you are going to cook an onion, you start to peel all the layers of the onion until you actually have the onion there. I feel like when we come to Jesus, when we become Christian, when we accept the Holy Spirit in our lives, I feel like we start a process of peeling layers of our lives until what you have at the bottom is Jesus. Until what you see now is no longer you, but it's Jesus. So we start a process of cleansing, a process of purification, a process of not only you repenting for your sins, closing those portals, but also generational courses, also iniquities when you start to see actually behaviors and patterns in your life that is a sign that, hey, there is something there, there is a portal open that you need to start closing and when you partner with the holy spirit when you start asking the holy spirit holy spirit show me what portal is open is this generational is it because my husband or is it because my, my wife is opening a portal or even your children what are your children releasing in your house because i see a lot of parents that they don't understand this topic and they keep saying, but you know, but I'm living in, ho in holiness. I think I'm doing the right thing. And in reality, they don't realize so maybe the children are releasing something in their houses that they need to stop, that they need to come against. The same with the spouse. If your spouse is unconverted, you know, the Bible said that the sanctified spouse covers and makes the spouse holy. So that for me, that was a powerful revelation when I started to understand, okay, Lord, show me where the portals are, are open. Okay, is it through watching something? Okay, Father, I don't know what my husband is watching, but I just break that now in the name of Jesus, their ancestors. And you know, when I enter into the process of breaking generational courses, the Holy Spirit actually started to show me things from my husband that he didn't even know. And when we started to break those things, we started to see the, the breakthrough in our family, the breakthrough in our marriage, the breakthrough in our lives. So, you know, I know that these things work, not because I'm learning them from a book, but actually because the, the fruit, the testimony of what, what, what I have lived, what I have gone through, and the things that the Lord has shown me in the spiritual realm of how to maintain your house cleansed, how to actually break those things from your uncon unconver unconverted spouse, how to break those things from your children. What are you partnering with? What are you listening? What are you watching? That's what I always say. It's not, so, sorry, it's not, that, it's not that we as Christians want to be legalistic. And we want to be religious, but what level of consecration do you want to have? Mm. What, how deep in the spiritual realm do you want to go? Because whatever you watch, whatever you hear, that is going to affect the way you see in the spiritual realm. So I always say, like, I don't care if you say that I'm legalistic or that I'm religious. I know that I don't, I'm not like that. I'm just careful of the things that are entering into my eye gate because I know that that can influence how I'm going to see in the spiritual realm. Yeah, so good. Well, and it's interesting you bring that up because I do feel like once you start going down that route of sanctification and you start removing things, it's interesting because in my life, I've noticed it's like it is like layers of an onion because the, God may be really highlighting something. Hey, this has got to go. And I'm like, okay, it's going. And I may, 
then he starts pointing out other things that I may have thought were okay because God didn't point them out at the time. But it was like that other thing needed to go in order for me to deal with this next thing. And this next thing, like I woke up in the middle of the night, a series of nights, um, and I would feel a demonic presence in the room. And I kept seeing a uh, the the cover of a movie that I had. Yeah. And I was like, that's not, I haven't had any problems with this before. You know, like it's fine. And I kept, I kept night after night, I think it was like three or four nights in a row, demonic presence. And I would just, the first thing I would see in my, in my, in my mind when I woke up was the case of that movie. And finally I was like, God, you want me to get rid of that? And he's like, yes. And so then it was like, we immediately started getting it. And there were like other movies that were kind of of that franchise. And then we grabbed them. And all of a sudden I started feeling like there was like these scare stack tactics that I just felt like the demons that were surrounding that thing were like, no, don't ooh, be scared. No, don't get rid of it. And I was like, I'm getting rid of it. And then we got rid of it. And then it was like, no more, no more. It just completely stopped after that. So I think sometimes we can look at things in our lives and, and it's like, if we hold on to those things, when we ask God, God, I want to go deeper. I want you to reveal more of yourself to me. And he's like, all right, good. Stop watching that show. And you're like, surely God will not. He's not going to ask me to stop watching that. No way. You know? And then it's like, then it reveals an idol in my life because then I'm like, no, I don't want to. I prayed that I wanted to go deeper with God, but then all of a sudden it reveals the nature of my heart in that moment. And I have a choice to either hold on to that idol or to get rid of it, to smash that idol. Um, you know, so geez. Scared myself. Oh yeah. No, that 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 and we the things that we bring inside of the house is actually as Christians we need to be careful. Yeah. And you know, when I was like trying to escape from the occultism, you know, I had a coin that it was like kind of like my covenant with this spirit guide. And it wasn't actually I actually removed that gold coin that it was a covenant with him that I stopped having these things, this 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 demon literally chasing me, chasing my husband, touching me at nine, opening things. It wasn't actually until I removed that object that actually I wasn't free 100%. So that's why I'm so careful with the objects. You come to my house, my house is almost empty. You don't see any, you know, it's better to be safe than sorry. Hey, We need to be careful with the things that, that we bring into our, our, our house. And that yeah. reminds me, let me tell you some, some, something quick. When I remember I was watching this, there was this series with my husband that it was about blood or something. And we were moving towards the end of the series. And as I was watching it there, suddenly I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me so clear. What level of consecration do you want to have? Mm. And, it was, and I feel so convicted. And I was like, Holy Spirit, why are you asking me that? And he said, because what you are watching is going to affect what you are going to see in the spiritual realm. So I straight away told my husband, I'm sorry, I cannot watch this. Even though I like it, I told him I cannot watch this. I left the room. I repented. My husband continued to watch it, but eventually I was re re repenting for him too. And that was the moment that I realized like, wow, we actually need to protect our eyes we need to yeah. we need to protect what we are bringing into our house what our children are bringing into our house understanding that we need to cover you know where we are sleeping where we are living we need to protect the atmosphere we need to take authority over our house and everyone that lives in that area starts to manifest and, and and feel the power of the holy spirit and the prophetic yeah 
Yeah, that's really good. So I actually have a question about, um, you know, because you had mentioned when you uh, came into Christianity, realizing how frustrating it was to see a lot of Christians being sleepy, not being aware of the things in the spirit. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Do you feel like, you know, I, I always have, I, I've often looked, I want to hear your thoughts on this, but I've always looked at, you know, say someone who's in operating in witchcraft, there is an immediate gratification or, or like, like you get power. A lot of times I hear ex ex witches say, Oh, I wanted the power, but it was at a cost. Right. So, um, but it was, it was a quicker access. Whereas I, I find that when I'm growing in the Lord, it, it may take longer to learn something, but when I learn it, it's very deep. Like it's not like this quick surface level candy. It's like, you know, good food versus eating candy all the time. And I look at witchcraft as like, it's like this instant gratification, but there's a cost. It costs you something. Whereas, you know, things with God, you know, sometimes they can go fast. You can learn something fast, but sometimes for me, it's, it, it's been over the a course of several years, but when I have it, it's very deep and the knowledge is very deep. The revelation is very deep. And obviously there is no cost in that. I'm like not in fear. And I'm like, do you get what I'm saying? Is that making sense? It makes sense. And you know, something of the things that I also realize is that the enemy doesn't give you anything for free. Right. right? All of these people that are in the world, in the enter entertainment, that they actually, people think this is a joke, but there are actually famous people that they have made covenants with the enemy for fame, for money, for all of these things. And you don't actually realize that, hey, yes, the enemy is going to give you something, but it's not free. He is yeah. going to ask you for something in return. And when people cannot actually fulfill that covenant is when you are going to find like people mysteriously die or when people commit suicide or, or when they were taking drugs and they, and they die. Why? Because they couldn't fulfill that covenant. But now you are here with the Holy Spirit and he gives you for free. He gives salvation for free. You, you know, it's not like you have to live to a standard for him to give you salvation. As soon as you recognize and is that salvation is given for free. And then we see in the other side how the enemy is actually giving you, but then he's asking you back. And you just like enter into this cycle of, okay, to have more, I need to give more and I need to give more. And that is the dangerous thing in the occultism with, with, with these people is that if you don't commit to give more, eventually something is going to happen to that person or even to their family. And that's when you start to see accidents. That's when you start to see like people mentally unstable and people in depression and anxiety is mm-hmm. huge and it's actually yeah. dangerous. Yeah. So I would say like with people in the Western church, not I'm trying to like pick on the Western church, but I, I do think that the Western church really does need to wake up to the things of the spirit. And I have seen an increase in people waking up. So that is encouraging. But I do think at the end of the day, a lot of it too is laziness. It's like our laziness gives way to like, uh, I'll do it tomorrow. Cause like, I just kind of want to sit here and watch this show. Or I kind of want to just like sit here and not do anything. Um, and, and where I really started to see a change in my life is when I stopped being lazy and actually started pursuing the Lord and allowed him to reveal himself to me in these ways to understand the spirit realm better. Um, and, and so I do think there is that too with like a lot of Christians where it's like, we are lazy. We don't want to put in the work. 
It's like, we know, okay, I know that if I spend time with God, I'm going to see the, in the spirit better. I'm going to have greater revelation or I'm going to whatever, but I'm lazy and I don't want to do it right now. And so sometimes I think it is that too, if we're honest with ourselves and like, we're just, we can be lazy, you know? So. But you know, I think that also part of that is also because the enemy doesn't want you to go deep, deeper. Yeah. He doesn't want you. So eventually, I always tell people, when you enter into this atmosphere of the prophetic, of the supernatural, you are going to find opposition. So I tell people, oh, you're going to suffer counterattacks because the enemy doesn't want you to find the truth. So all you have to do is keep pushing through. You have to keep pushing through. Yeah, once you enter, there's no way back. Or is, it, or is either you advancing or having the enemy coming and stopping you and bringing all of these things so you don't actually find the truth, so you don't actually realize okay. the power and the authority mm-hmm. and your purpose and the, and the calling that God has for your lives. And you only the only thing that you can do is, hey, push, advance. Yeah, I think that's a great advice, Julie. Okay, so um, let's jump into the prophetic. I'm really curious, um, just from your perspective, obviously we're going to, I'm going to ask you the question of what is the prophetic, but I also would love to hear about when you really started operating in that after co- going from witchcraft, occultism into Christianity, I'm really curious about that, how that process was for you too. I think it's going to be really helpful for some people. Uh, but yeah, Julie, what is the prophetic? So the prophetic is a manifestation of a form of revelation. What does that mean? It means that when you you speak words of ideas that God has given specifically to you, okay? And I always say that the, the one that reveals is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is prophetic. The moment that you accept Jesus and you invite the Holy Spirit in your life, you start to carry that prophetic DNA. So the Holy Spirit is the one that reveals. And prophetic means revelation. So it means that God is going to release to you revelation through a lot of vehicles, a lot of ways. And your aim as a prophetic person, as a prophet, as a prophetic voice, is to release what the Lord is showing you to earth to impact this and you know i believe that if there is a ministry that needs to be specifically taught and needs to be released and people for understand this is the prophetic ministry because let me tell you something the prophetic is so powerful it's such a powerful tool and it's also it can be dangerous he also, if you don't understand the prophetic, yes, it could be a blessing, but also it could be dangerous at the same time. Why? Let me put you this example. You know, a knife in the hand of the wrong person can cut or also can kill. But that's a knife in the hand of a surgeon. If a hand of in the hand of someone that can operate is going to operate and heal. So the prophetic has this potential for building, for destroying, depending on what, on the training, on the skill, on a, a, or the or on the motivation. And you know, I always said this too. Like this is why for me, deliverance and the prophetic goes together. Why? Because I see a lot of people prophesying, a lot of people doing prophetic acts, a lot of people are stepping into the atmosphere of the prophetic, and they are like releasing that through their own filter. What do I mean by that? That when people actually, when they haven't gone through that process of deliverance, right? Their soul is in captivity. So let's put an an example. When these people are prophesying over someone, if they're harboring rejection, anger, hate, 
they are going to release that over yeah. the person. So mm -hmm. actually, they are just prophesying through their own filter. Yeah. The same comes with witchcraft. You come from witchcraft, you come from the occultism, but actually you don't go through a process of cleansing, of deliverance, of training, of equipping. When you are releasing that, you are going to be releasing that from the filter of control, from the filter of manipulation. This is why we, we see churches nowadays. We, we, we see pastors and prophetic people releasing things over the congregation from a place of control from a place of manipulation, from a place of anger. Even prophets, when they are like prophesying over nation, they are just releasing all of that anger and all of that destruction. And even though sometimes the Lord releases words of destruction, but the Lord shows to redeem, which means that even though you see those things coming for the nation, but there's always going to be redemption. The Lord shows to redeem. So this is why for me, I always say the prophetic and deliverance are one. And we need to be careful. We need to make sure that we are also receiving the training that we are being equipped in this area so we can also operate, operate in the prophetic from a healthy place. Mm. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I think there's a misconception even with like deliverance that they're like, there's this, oh, I, deliverance is so nuanced. It's not just like one specific thing. I mean, like obviously there's a lot of different manifestations that can happen even in deliverance. Like for me, it's been a lot of crying, a lot of crying, you know, um, but I know for some people have had like really violent manifestations and um julie i don't know if you have but um you know i i think too uh i i love that you said that though about deliverance and the prophetic go hand in hand because it is so important that we're not operating out of our souls and those soul wounds and trauma and all of that and i think a lot of people now if you've been in the prophetic long enough you can you start to get um discernment about when you're like i actually feel like that's kind of a soul word um you know and that just comes from allowing yourself to be delivered allowing yourself to operate and grow in the prophetic correct yeah that's why i say i you will always hear me saying this that for me deliverance is daily Mm, deliverance yeah. daily because daily you are exposed to offense daily you are exposed to rejection to all of all of these things so it's just daily asking the holy spirit okay holy spirit like did i open any portals today did, did i have any behaviors today mm -hmm. did i spoke things that i shouldn't have spoken so today so you come to repentance every single day so before you go to sleep you go to the cross and you're actually checking every single day asking the holy spirit examine my heart check my heart and i believe you know when when i became christian and i came from that world right you asked me like how was the how was my process of the coming from that and moving into the prophetic. But in my case, the Lord took me to a whole process. You know, that's why like sometimes when I used to see things and have these dreams, I was quite cautious. I wasn't sharing any of this because I wasn't sure if actually is this coming from God? Yeah. I'm moving in witchcraft. Yeah. There was there was some time when I remember like I was I, I used to love to do prophetic evangelism. So I was just stand in the middle of the street, call out people and start prophesying over them without me knowing what actually prophecy was. And there was one time when I was praying for this guy and I and I saw her daughter in the hospital, something related with a leg. And I started to pray for him that he looked at me and he was like, wow, are you a witch? That for me was like painful. 
because then yeah. I was like, God, am I operating in? Is this God? wrong? Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't say anything, but I just yeah. prayed for him, leave him there, and left. And I started to feel like, okay, God, like I don't want to move into witchcraft. And that was when the Lord actually started to put prophetic people around me. He started to actually open my eyes more into the prophetic. And he actually placed people around me that helped me to understand my gift. And I believe this is what many people don't realize. Some people feel like, I feel like I don't fit in my church. I feel like an outsider. I see things, I hear things, and I feel like they don't understand me when I share things with them. They think that you know, just pray, just they feel that, I, that, I'm, that I'm crazy. And I always tell people, you need to find your tribe. You need to feel people that you are going to be safe with them, sharing what you see, that you are going to have mentors, that you are going to have leaders that actually they can train you in this area, that, that they can shape you. And I believe that was part of my process, that every part of my life, the Lord plays around me these mentors these leaders that train me in a different area and one of them before i jump into the prophetic in my case the lord placed someone that told me about intimacy with the holy spirit mm -hmm. and i believe that the reason why the lord put emphasis in that season in intimacy with the holy spirit was because coming from the occultism if you're not having intimacy with the Holy Spirit, you can be operating under a different spirit at the time of prophesying. You can be operating under a spirit of divination, even as a Christian. So I believe that's why my process was like, no darkness for a season. You're just going to learn about intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You are going to learn how I sound. You are going to learn how I speak to you in dreams, how I speak to you in visions of the Lord for like, nine ten years actually I, I i learned to like intimacy with the holy spirit is where the prophetic in your life is going to be manifest amen the moment that you remove intimacy with the holy spirit the moment that you remove prayer that you remove worship that you remove fasting let me tell you something you are open to what to operate under a different spirit that's mm. not the holy spirit so this is why always mm. like deliverance the prophetic intimacy with the holy spirit for me it goes in hand you know so you can't have one without having the other one no. and intimacy with the holy spirit is always going to me to be the main thing the, the, the base the source of all of these things the prophetic mm -hmm. deliverance evangelism everything yeah guys are you paying attention remember how i've been saying for like the past however long how important intimacy with the holy spirit is regardless of your circumstance whether you're happy whether you're sad intimacy with the holy spirit and now we have even more revelation as to why it's important so um something that you said julie that i really wanted to go hit on really quick is you said even christians can operate in divination um what is divination and how can Christians operate in divination? I think that's a really important thing to hit on. So the divination is a, is a spirit of divination. It's a spirit that when you are, you know, when you are a Christian, when you believe that you are operating under this prophetic atmosphere, when you are like prophesying over people, 
because you don't have intimacy with the Holy Spirit, you are like opening a portal for this spirit to come and take over. So when you are like prophesying, when you are in the pulpit, when you are like praying for someone, hey, it's not the Holy Spirit, it's this spirit that is showing you things about the future, about the past, about this person. So when you are releasing that, actually it's not coming from the Holy Spirit. And you know what? The Bible said, test the spirits. Mm -hmm. So even at the time of you receiving a prophecy, at the time Time of you receiving some sort of revelation from someone test the spirits is this aligning with the word of god does this actually feel right in my spirit i always said that don't accept everything that people are releasing over your life yeah, because there yeah. are some people that are calling that the, themselves prophets when in reality they are witches and these prophets like witches are releasing words over people and these people when they accept those words when they don't test the spirit they are actually entering into captivity they are actually partnering with the words that these people are releasing over their life without actually stopping and asking the Holy Spirit. There's nothing wrong with asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, is this actually coming from you? Holy Spirit, That is this word aligning with the Bible? Is this aligning with what you are telling me? Because let me tell you something, when a prophet, when a prophetic person is coming to prophesy over your life and release something in your life, it has to be a confirmation of what the Lord has already, uh, uh, um, what the Lord has already like revealed in your life. That's why having intimacy with the Holy Spirit is so important. So when a prophet is coming and prophesying over your life, you're actually, oh yes, the Lord has has told me this already. This is a confirmation. And if it's not something that the Lord has told you, you take that into prayer. You take that into fasting to see if it's actually the Lord mm-hmm. revealing that through that person. Yeah. Julie's giving you gold, guys. It's so good. All right, so let's talk about vehicles of the prophetic, the different ways that God speaks. Um, what are some of the different vehicles that God uses to to speak to people? You know, just as there are like many different vehicles in the world, we have the car, we have the bus, we have mm-hmm. all of these, the, yeah. the plane, the bicycle. The same is in the spiritual realm. The same uh, uh, in the spiritual realm. There are ways that God will use to impart prophetic revelation. Remember that prophetic is some sort of revelation that the Lord is releasing from heaven to your life. So what are the vehicles that the Lord uses to release that revelation in your life so you can partner with that and release that on earth? We see that John 10, 27, he said that my sheep hear my voice. So one of them is the voice of God. You know, when you accept Jesus, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you have instant access to the voice of God. So if you have the Holy Spirit now, let me tell you something, you are prophetic, which means that now you can start receiving that revelation from heaven and you can actually have automatic access to the voice of God. So that the first thing, the first vehicle that the Lord is going to use to release that impartation, that revelation in your life is actually the voice of God. But the other thing that the Lord is going to use in your life are dreams and visions. That's why when people talk about the prophetic and people are so focused in the prophecy, and I'm like, hey, the prophetic is not just prophecy. That is a way, a vehicle that the Lord uses 
to actually release some sort of like revelation, but you have the voice of God. And in here, you also have dreams and visions. And we see like in Joel 2.28, when this person was prophesying, I will put out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. So we see in here that dreams and visions are actually another way of the Lord releasing prophetic revelation in your life so in general the prophetic is literally god using you using your mind using your imagination to what to release something on earth and it could be through a prophecy it could be through dreams through visions through prayer through prayer through angelic visitation through prophetic acts and you know i believe that in this season the lord is revealing a new revelation of what is a prophetic act because mm. for many years i see that the church have, have been so scared in prophetic acts because they believe it's witchcraft and you know i believe that a prophetic act is performing an act guided by the holy spirit help elijah fire continue to make an impact around the world all donations go toward making elijah fire and the elijah fire podcast possible visit elijahfire.com slash give and become a partner today here on earth to what to release a powerful shift in the spiritual realm mm. and you know a prophetic act actually releases heaven on earth so i believe that this is one of the things why the lord wants to not um bring the prophetic back to to um what is the word sorry not to bring the prophetic but to restore the prophetic why because the prophetic has been defiled because a lot of people has used the prophetic for their own benefits without realizing that the prophetic is actually you partnering with heaven receiving this sort of revelation releasing that into the natural realm to walk to see a powerful shift and a powerful transformation and this is why for me also the prophetic is so important. Why? Because I see a lot of people depending on pastors, depending on prophets, on apostles for a word of God. Mm -hmm. I believe, you know, ministers are important. I myself, I am a minister, but I always teach people, don't rely on me. Okay, don't rely on me. I'm here to train you, to equip you, but you need to learn to listen to the voice of God for yourself. Come on. You cannot be desperate going to one person and another person and another pastor and another prophet to hear the word from God when, hey, the Bible said my sheep hear my voice. You have access to the voice of God. That is the prophetic. And I believe this is we as the church, we should be teaching people is to have intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. It's to telling people like, hey, you have access to this. Maybe the Lord has been actually speaking to you, giving you some sort of revelation, but because you actually, you don't know what is the prophetic, you are missing what the Lord is revealing over your life. Mm -hmm. And because you are missing what the Lord is revealing over your life, you're missing your season. Times wow. and seasons are so important. And I believe this is why we need the voice of God. We need to understand this revelation so you can learn to move in times and seasons. This is why like, part of what we are doing right now is called restoring the, uh, the Issachar's generation, which is First of Chronicles 12, 32. This is what Rig means. I belong to this ministry called Rig Nation. 
I'm part of now of Riglatam. And you know, this is why we put emphasis on this because this is the season where the Lord is releasing prophetic mm. people that is understand times and seasons and they know what to do. This yeah. means that the Lord is raising this prophetic generation in this season that know times and seasons and they know what their family and even what their nations needs to do. Nations. This is what the enemy is after, nations. So this is why we as prophetic people, as people that are receiving this revelation from God, our ultimate goal are nations. The moment that you realize that the Lord has given us nations, and the moment that you start to tap in for nations is when you realize that you have gone from being a baby Christian, when you're just asking, Lord, give me, give me this, and you're actually now asking for nations, that's when you realize that you are maturing and you're just actually asking now, Father, give me nations, because this is what the world says. I will give you nations. Ask me and I will give you nations. So this should be kind of like the ultimate goal of every prophetic person is, Father, my nation. Father, what is the enemy bringing? Because remember, the enemy is territorial. Right. They are going to take over cities. They are going to take over nations. And from that place of influence, they start to release things and they start to affect the education system. They start to affect the family system from that place. Right. So this is why us, as prophetic people, as prophets, as apostles, we need to start understanding that. God has given us the he has given us the nations. And this is why through the prophetic, we need to start actually taking authority and releasing heaven on earth through the prophetic revelation to impact nations. So this man. is just a little bit of. And I went yeah, to- <laughs> yeah, man, I, I, I everybody's fired up now. Uh, so let's go back to. Um, intimacy with the Holy spirit. Okay. Because there are a lot of people who are seasoned believers on this live stream or they're listening to the podcast, but there are a lot of people who that's a new concept to them. All right. And, or, um, they kind of know about it. So, um, Julie, like how does, how does someone grow in intimacy with the Holy spirit? You know, it's so easy. The people actually think that, Oh, you know, it's hard mm-hmm. to grow. It's so easy. Listen, the prophetic is you listening from God, right? Mm-hmm. You listening from the Holy Spirit. The, being a Christian and praying and having intimacy is not about a monologue. It's about a dialogue. So it's not just one person speaking, and this is what a lot of people do. They come to pray, and they pray and pray and pray and pray, but they don't allow the Holy Spirit to speak to them. That is a monologue. When in reality, when you have intimacy with someone, you are spending time with that person. Right. You are asking questions mm-hmm. to that person. So intimacy with the Holy Spirit is so simple. You just come into the presence of God. And throughout, it, remember this, it's not just one hour. It's not just 30 minutes. Throughout all your day, you are engaging with the Holy Spirit. You are asking him questions. And actually, you are taking the time to listen to him. Because the prophetic and intimacy is not actually a monologue. It's you taking the time to stop. I always say this, never come to the presence of God with our journal. You need to have a journal or your phone to take notes. Why? Because as you are praying, Holy Spirit, and you're praying and you're speaking in tongues, you are asking him questions and he starts to 
release the download from heaven and you start to take notes and you start to ask him questions and this is what the prophet jeremiah did when he was every time that he used to receive a revelation he used to go deep okay father what does this mean what does it mean that i see this i see a fig tree what what is the meaning of this and the lord told him because i am speeding my world i don't know what is the translation in english but in with which means that hey we can engage into asking questions to the holy spirit like if you see something you go even deep and you start like taking notes it's simple we are trying to make having intimacy with the holy spirit about actually the time when in reality is actually the quality i believe the time is important but the quality is more important and we shouldn't make it complicated and let me tell you something as you start to spend time with the holy spirit you are going to learn how he sounds even how he smells you know i always put this example i know when my husband is in the house when he's walking around i don't see him i know his presence why because of the way that he walks why because of intimacy I have been with him almost 10 years. And because we have spent time together, we talk, I have learned when he's in the house, when he's walking around, even when he's opening something, because I know that he's so noisy now, I know that is my husband. The same applies with intimacy with the Holy Spirit. As you are spending more time with him, as you are like throughout all your day acknowledging the Holy Spirit, you are going to realize when he is trying to bring something into your attention, attention that's right you're going to learn how he smells in my case i know how he smells for me he smells like flowers like this beautiful presence that when he's entering i know the holy spirit is here he's trying to tell me something so you are going to learn how he sounds how he speaks to you because the holy spirit speaks to people in different ways mm-hmm. yesterday i was having a conversation with one friend and the way that god speaks to him in visions is, is through like superhero movies that's not the way that the holy spirit speaks to me but that's the way he uses to communicate with him so you actually realize that each one of us are unique and the holy spirit actually are going to speak to us in the way that we can understand that's why intimacy is so important and spending time with him and hey it's not that hard it's not complicated just don't make it hard just sit and start asking questions put some prophetic worship music and start developing that relationship so good yes all right so what you mentioned prophetic acts let's go into that a little bit more because um you know like i personally have done some prophetic acts myself where i'm just like i feel like i feel like i need to like i need to demonstrate what god is like telling me right now but what is a prophetic act let's talk about again like why prophetic acts are important um all that stuff so you know, this is what I was trying to tell you before, is that a lot of people have started to think that, you know, prophetic acts is actually witchcraft because we don't actually realize the power of the prophetic act. And, you know, the prophetic act is actually you releasing heaven on earth through something and you are like shifting and you are like releasing the power from heaven on earth through a prophetic act. And there are like different type of prophetic acts. One of them is anointing oil, right? We believe anointing oil for anointing the sick. Some people anoint, you know, their houses for protection. But I believe there are a lot of prophetic acts. You know, the prophet Elisha, when in the Bible we see, I don't remember now the Bible verse, but when the prophet Elisha, when he was in this village, the Lord told him to do a prophetic act with salt. 
You know, this is why yeah. Jesus said we are the salt of mm -hmm. the earth. There is yeah. something powerful about the salt. And the prophet Elisha, he actually grabbed like a ball. He put water, salt. He went to the river and he put it out. And he, you know what he declared? He released. Now the Lord says, this water shall be healed and the death and infirmity and poverty should be dry in this region. That's a territory that is showing me something powerful about prophetic art in a territory in order to take that place. And we see throughout all the Bible, we see a lot of Bible verses that actually talk about salt. The salt, you know, let me tell you something. Salt is used in witchcraft. Remember the enemy really? does say the enemy copies. You know why, right. witches, why witches use salt? We used to use salt to cleanse our the, the magic items, but also salt was used not only for protection, but also for cursing people. Wow. We used to put the picture, put the salt on it and declare this person, I'm not going to share that, but yeah. basically just drying <laughs> everything in the life because I never like to share like this. Yeah, yeah, no, I got you. But basically like drying everything. And then when you come to Christianity and you realize that there's a lot of Bible verses in the Bible that talk about actually salt, salt for like purification of the mm -hmm. offerings, also like salt to put in the belly button of, of the of the newborns to break iniquities and the things in your life, you realize, wow, actually the prophetic is so powerful. Also, we see that when Jesus was doing the Holy Communion, the Last Supper, he grabbed the wine and he said, this is my blood. When we are doing the Holy Communion, hey, what do, do you think is the grape juice or the wine that you are having? It's actually a representation of the blood of Jesus. So there is also a prophetic act with wine for taking of territories, releasing the blood of Jesus over that territory. But let me tell you something. I say this. If you are doing a prophetic act, not guided by the Holy Spirit, you are stepping into witchcraft. Oh, okay. This is, why, this is why I'm telling you there is a thin line and intimacy with the Holy Spirit has to be the key. So if you are doing a prophet, a prophetic act and the Holy Spirit is not actually guiding you, let me tell you something, you are stepping into witchcraft. Wow. So this, this is why even for everything, Holy Spirit, what do I do? Give me a strategy for my house. What is, hap mm. what is happening? The Holy Spirit might tell you, hey, go straight away and anoint this or go and do these prophetic acts and do it like this. It's always have to be intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And I believe that this is what the Lord is actually restoring in this, in this season, especially here in Latin America, is the prophetic through prophetic acts. Why? Because people in here have been adulterated the prophetic and the Lord is restoring what it, it has been defiled. And it's not only here. I believe in the U, USA too, that he mm. is raising prophetic voices that are actually saying like, hey, there's nothing wrong with doing this. There's even Jesus did prophetic acts with the mat in the eyes of the blind person when he grabbed the mat. That's right. That is a prophetic mm -hmm. act. What yeah. do you think? that mm -hmm. the holy communion is also a prophetic act let me tell you why you know in the bible when esther what not queen esther when she she made a dinner with the king and she brought what is the name of this person in english that she that was trying to kill them i can't remember i don't remember but Haman. You know, Haman. yeah Haman. yeah thanks she a like like dinner and what happened is that through that dinner, through that meal, Haman, or I don't know how you say it in English, sorry, yeah, you he, got was, it. he was judged. 
And let me tell you something. When Jesus did the Last Supper, the Holy Communion, Judas was judged through that meal. Wow. So I yeah. think it's a powerful revelation. <laughs> meal, you know, and also people in the Old Testament, when they used to have meals, they used to do meals for like closing the covenants or something. So I believe that through meal and through the Holy Communion is so powerful to actually judge the enemy and what the enemy is doing in your life. So let me tell you something. For me, the prophetic is beautiful. Prophetic acts is amazing. When you understand and you realize that, hey, why do I have to, why do I have to walk in poverty? Why do I have to walk in illness? Why do I need to allow the enemy to actually oppress me and my family and my children? You don't have to. Through Jesus, you have the authority. You have the revelation from heaven to actually open the spiritual realm in your house, release the prophetic in your house, and start taking authority, not only in your house, but also across your city. And as I said before, for nations. So this is why we need prophetic acts back restored in our church, in our society, partnering with the Holy Spirit and releasing the prophetic to actually see heaven on earth. Mm. So I want to actually ask you something about specifically about words and speaking words out. Um, so I know someone who I've known them for a long time and they um, they're uh, a lot of the men in their family died younger, like around in their 40s and 50s. And and so this individual had just begun to speak over themselves. No, I'm just going to die young, just like all of the other men in my life. Um, and, uh, they didn't die, but they lost, they almost lost their mind actually, um, as a result of, and I can see a link between that, but, um, when we, when we, I just want to hear your thoughts on when we say words like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sick, or I'm going to be sick forever, or I'm going to be this, or I'm going to be that. Um, talk a little bit about the power of our words and and the significance of that as well. Let me tell you something. You know, when I wasn't a Christian and I was in that side, one of the things that this which was training me at the beginning was the power of my words. She started to tell me like, hey, you have authority. Be careful with the things that you release. You can harm people with your words. But you can also release, this is why people in the New Age movement, they believe in manifestation and in declarations of the war. Now, as Christians, the Bible said that we can release death or life, you know, into our atmosphere. God created the world with war, with the war. If we are at the image of God, this means that we have the same authority and power to create things with our war. Now, how dangerous it is as a Christian that we are stepping into the atmosphere, releasing those words. You are actually, this is what happens. When you are releasing those words over your children or over your life, you are releasing that. And it's like the enemies are there trying to see what portal you are opening. So this is another portal. The moment that you release the word, right? The portal is open. The enemy grabs that word and he manifests that into your life. You know, the Bible said in Job that he got what he was fearing which is actually making me think that a portal also is fear. So the enemy is going to bring fear when you are releasing those things. And as soon as you release those words, 
they are going to start manifesting and you enter into a cycle of like, why this is happening to me? Or look at my children, they are in drugs, they are in thinking. When in reality, what you are doing is that you are giving the enemy authority through the war and through Carson. And let me tell you a testimony also. I had a friend that she came to me and she told me like, you know, I don't know what is happening, but all the, I have like this, my, my aunt, all of their, all of her children are dying in accidents. When they reach an age, all of them are dying. She had like five children. There was only two left. All of them die at the same age in car accidents. There was only two left. And let me tell you something. They were scared because they were, they were saying like, oh no, I'm next. What, what is going to happen? They knew that something was off, but they didn't know how to break that. Let me tell you something that also come with wars. Also, like if it's witches, if it's Satanists, they can they release things and actually they were bind by this course placed upon their life that wow. every family, once they reach that age, they will die. I recently have also another experience. I went to like a teenager's party. My brother was his 18th, 17th birthday. I think. And they were like, he had all of these friends, right? So the Lord told me like, go there and evangelize to them. And I was feeling quite weird, like, oh, it's a bunch of teenagers, probably no one accept Jesus, but I was there. And towards the end, we started to pray for them. And one of them left the room, but he left angry. He didn't want to accept Jesus. Towards the end, I went to him and I just said like, you know, I feel like the Lord wants to freed you from a spirit of death. I see death around you, and I believe that he wants to set you free. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now, back to the show. And you know what? He told me that his brother committed suicide. His best friend committed suicide. So Mm. there was actually a generational course, and he keeps saying, I feel like, like I'm next. I feel like I'm next. And I I told him, I don't necessarily think that you are going to commit suicide, but there is a spirit of death. So let me pray for you and let me break this. He left. He didn't want to accept that. Let me tell you something. One month later, he ended up in hospital because he had like a attack, like something in his breathing. He couldn't breathe. And he was in hospital almost dying. And, you know, my mom called me, hey, his mom is calling that, you know, that he uh, she wants us to pray for him because this is happening. So we started to pray for him. And you, you, you know how important that like, you realize when these things start happening, like actually the wars. And there was like a soul tie there created in the spiritual realm with his best friend for that spirit of death to come and chase him. But the moment you understand that you start to break things over your life, this is what I always say. Pay attention in your family about patterns. What patterns do you see that are coming from your ancestors that so are managed? in your life and Mm -hmm. even if you are not struggling with that those things can jump one generation okay so you can start to see those same behaviors those same patterns in your children that's when you need to open your eyes and identify okay there is a pattern i feel like there is a course i feel like my family the women all of them are struggling with this so that's when you come with agreement with the holy spirit to break those things in the name of jesus and start releasing blessing that's why hey release blessings upon your children every single day that's something that in my house because my husband he wasn't converted he was unconverted you know i struggled 
I struggled at the beginning a lot because one of the revelations that I had first when I became Christian was the power of the word. So I was always so careful with declarations, even bad things, negativity things. Why? Because I knew the impact and the effect. So when I married my husband and we come together, he was using his words in a way that I didn't like, you know, and I got so frustrated until the Lord told me, you, you know, he's releasing that, but you can break those things. And I started to pray in that area so the Lord would release to him. And now he realized, now he knows that we cannot declare those things. We need to be careful with the things that we declare because that's what you get. If you are releasing words of death, words of like depression, and when people are saying, my depression, my infirmity, that is not yours you literally saying in mine that is no mine in the name of jesus Come on. My healing my my deliverance but yeah. no my infirmity i actually get frustrated when people talk about my infirmities my depression uh -huh. my anxiety i'm like that's not yours not yours not yours yeah. the lord has given you healing my healing so start declaring my healing my mm. deliverance not only for you but for your children and you realize when you start to change the way that you speak you are going to see the atmosphere around you changing mm -hmm. that's, that's what, what scripture says love whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if if there's anything excellent or praiseworthy think about such things that's what it says so Amen. yeah that's it's about shifting our focus man it's so good it is. yeah okay so how do so when you're talking about patterns that can be uh, broken marriages from generation to generation that could be um abuse that could be cancer that could be um dying young i, I a lot of things right like all those patterns you were talking about it could be a lot of different things. Could be a lot of them, yeah. It yeah. Could so, be. so when you identify those things, how do you then break those off? Okay. So, so if somebody's first, listening to this and they're like, "Okay, whoa, I'm seeing a lot in my family line," how do they break that stuff off? You know, I tell people like, sit with the Holy Spirit if you want to fast, fast. So this is what peeling the onion, you know, of deliverance start. You sit with the Holy Spirit, you grab a notepad or you grab your phone and you start asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, show me patterns in my family. So you actually put your mother's side, you put your father's side, right? And you start like saying, okay, I feel like my uncle, this and that, they suffer with alcoholism, with mental health issues. There's also accidents in here, infirmity. The women in my family, for some reason, are raising children alone. This is what happened in my, in my, in my family. You know, when we became Christian, we started to identify, whoa, all of these patterns, <laughs> those are called iniquities, okay? Yeah. Iniquities are generational courses. That is the root of the issue. That's why I say we need to be Christians that we are not cutting the leaves of the tree, but we are actually cutting the root. Because what is happening is that the Bible says that we are like tree, right? Like trees planted in river waters and we give fruit at the right time and season. So we are like trees. You know, when we are doing deliverance, I believe that some people, what they are doing, they are cutting the leaves of the tree of the bad fruit. But what happens is that if the tree is ill and you don't heal it from the root, even if you cut those things, they're going to come out again. 
And that's why a lot of people feel like, yes, they go through deliverance, but it comes back again and it comes back again and it comes back again. Why? Because we are fighting with the minions and not with the strongman. And sometimes you need to go back to the past to fight with all demons to actually heal the root of the tree. And one of those things are iniquities. So you sit and you start to write that. Oh, sorry, I was sharing the testimony of one of the times that when I got married, you know, I started to feel like, for some reason, I feel like I want to be alone. I don't, I want to be divorced. I don't want to be with anyone. And my mom told me like, I feel like there is a generational curse in our family. And I was like, why? She said, because, you know, my great grandmother was a widow. She raised like, I don't know how many children by herself. Now she had children and one of her daughters, the husband died. Now it was my mom. All of her husband, for some reason, died or they weren't around. So it was literally just a generational thing of the women of the house actually raising children alone, right? The man would be dead or divorced or living, but it was like the women alone and that was coming to me. And I felt like I didn't want to be married. So that's when she said like, hey, there is a generational course in here. I feel like we need to break that. We started to pray. I repented. We broke every spirit that was down the line, breaking all the marriages and bringing death and bringing destruction in the marriages. And now I'm being with my husband already for like 10 years. So that was one of the generational things that, you know, the Lord broke in my bloodline. So you sit with the Holy Spirit and you start to take notes with your father, your mother, and all the bloodline, all the ancestors, putting all of these things. Once you have those things, what do, do you do? You know, if it's murder, if it's incest, rape, molestation, those things, you start to repent. The first step always for deliverance is unforgiveness followed by repentance. So if you need to forgive someone, the first step is, is forgiveness. And then you enter into repentance and you start repenting for those things. You read the document, Father, I repent for this, for this, I repent, Father, for this. And then you start breaking. In the name of Jesus, I break every accident. I break every infirmity. And you start to break all of those things down the line and then you command the spirit to live in jesus name and you start declaring in your life the opposite with the bible so you start renewing your mind and this is the step that many people in deliverance miss and is the renewing of the mind you need to start releasing now words in the bible right that are talking about the opposite of what you have been struggling to break a stronghold the minions the demons they send wars patterns negative patterns and thoughts in your mind and they start to create strongholds there are two type of strongholds in the bible evil strongholds and godly strongholds mm -hmm. so once you start renewing your mind that old mindset those strongholds start to break and now through you you know renewing your mind you start creating godly strongholds so when the enemy tries to come back your way releasing those words guess who is going to open the door it's going to be Jesus because you have been renewing your mind. So the enemy has to leave and he cannot come back to repeat the same pattern. So that's also like part of deliverance. And I believe why all of the, that's why I'm saying, hey, deliverance is daily. Deliverance yeah. is not a one session. It's not a one prayer that you are doing is daily. And when you understand that, you are understand actually that you need to also learn to maintain your deliverance. You know that the Bible, when Jesus healed one of the, I don't remember if it was the lame, when he healed the lame, when he saw him again, he said, don't sin again or something worse might come back to you. Mm -hmm. Which means that, hey, you can actually lose 
your healing if you are opening the portal again. And the Bible said that when the house is empty, the enemy comes. If it's empty, seven words, demon will come. Mm -hmm. So hey, the same way that you can lose your healing, you can lose your deliverance. So this is why all of these steps are so important in order for us to be so free, to maintain our healing, to maintain our deliverance and to start advancing the kingdom of God. Come on. So good. So good. Yeah, that was something that was really interesting. Like with me, when my uh, when I met my wife was realizing there was like a pattern of me where like, you know, there was like a history of divorce in my family and in my extended family. And um, it was interesting because I would date people. I didn't date a ton of people, but I would date uh, different uh, women and and it would always get to a certain point and they'd be like godly women who love Jesus. There's nothing wrong. And then all of a sudden I would just have this thing of like, I have to get out. I have to get out. I can't stay here. I can't be with him anymore for it. And I would lie to myself and say that it was God not wanting me to be with him, but it wasn't. And, and I actually realized once I could see like the pattern of in my, um, in my generational line of, of divorce, I was realizing I'm like, this is a generational thing. And so when I met my current wife, I faced those same feelings and I had to persevere through them, but I had the, the revelation knowing full well that it was a generational curse. So obviously there was a measure of forgiveness that needed to take place and repentance and all those things. Yes. But then I also had to weather a storm kind of, 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 of writing it out. And I mean, my wife and I have been happily married for 12 years. We love each other. But if I hadn't, if I hadn't, renounced that cut that severed that tie you know cut it at the root um i don't i don't know that we would have been happily married um and and so i think it's really important to to recognize those patterns in our lives as well like you're talking about it's so important um because god wants us whole he wants us whole he doesn't want us miserable he doesn't want us to be suffering through infirmity and 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 uh rejection and and uh, divorce after divorce after divorce. He doesn't want that for us. So that's really good, Julie. Really good. Yeah. So um, I'll go for it. No, oh. I was just saying that, that, you know, the Lord has come to set us free. So why yeah. do you have to live in, you don't have to live in captivity. That's right. You know, deliverance is the children's bread. So each one of us can walk into full healing, into deliverance, into your purpose. And, you know, I was, if you allow me, I was checking one of the questions that were in the chat and someone yeah. said, like, you know, when a stronghold breaks off of you, do your cousins, siblings, nieces, nephews feel it in, in, in any way? And this is what I have felt. In regards to family, I always said this. It doesn't matter if your husband is not going through deliverance. If you are doing it because the Bible said that you are one flesh, he is going to start experiencing some sort of deliverance. The Bible also says that the wife or the husband that is sanctified, no, is holy, is also sanctifying the husband and is sanctifying the children. So when you yourself are receiving deliverance as a wife, as a husband, let me tell you something, your spouse is receiving deliverance, but also your children. You start mm -hmm. to break those things out of the bloodline. I don't necessarily... 
I don't know if the nieces or the nephews start to break down because I believe in authority. So someone in the bloodline in their side have to raise up like the father of the grandfather of the grandmother have to raise up to start breaking those things. But you, you know, you have authority in your house as a spouse, as a husband, as a wife, as a mother or father to break those things over your children and actually start experiencing deliverance and they will start feel deliverance. I have seen it. I have experienced it. And I have seen in other people through testimonies how their family actually when the wife starts to stand in the gap and break those generational things, how the marriage restores. Now the children are walking in freedom and actually there is this whole mentality of deliverance and healing and revival taking place in houses. But mm. this is why, like, you know, Jesus said, you have not received because you have asked no. So I believe that we need to learn to ask the Holy Spirit. We need to learn to it's so simple. It's so simple to receive healing and deliverance. It's just coming into agreement with the Holy Spirit. And he will start guide you into the process for you and your family. Mm, so good. So, all right. I want to make sure that I give you the opportunity. If there's anything else you wanted to share, you know, we talked a lot about deliverance and prophetic going hand in hand, but I also would love for you to pray for people um, as well. So if there's anything else that you feel like, oh, I feel like I should hit on this really quick. Go for it, but otherwise I would love for you to pray for people as well. I'm not sure if did I share about why do we need the prophetic? Why don't you talk about that a little bit more? Because you did kind of talk about it throughout, but why don't you hit that a little bit more clearly? Yeah. Why do we need yeah, why do we need it? So we were sharing that, you know, the prophetic is some sort of revelation that God uses dreams, visions, prophecies, prophetic acts, all of these things, prayer, angelic visitations to actually release some sort of revelation to you so you can actually release that on on earth but why actually why do we need the prophetic and this is simple why because we need to communicate god's heart to people and to the nations and this is why i was saying we need the prophetic restore back to our churches so now everyone can know that they have access to the voice of god and that they can also manifest god's power in this realm and i like to put this example you know the enemy is looking for people living in sin so he can advance his kingdom on earth and actually make, make nations captive through sin right so the same way this is how nations are taken so the same way the holy spirit needs available and holy vessels to what to expand god's kingdom on earth this is why we need the prophetic and i believe that the church needs to come back to how it was at the beginning we need to come back to the main essence which is what intimacy with the holy spirit mm -hmm. and revelation and let me tell you something, people don't want to, they don't want to hear about God. People want to hear from God. And this is why we need the prophetic. And let me tell you a quick testimony. You know, when I was starting to move in the prophetic, I was so passionate about, you know, praying for people and actually releasing what God was saying about them. So my platform started to be the street and actually taxis. Every time that I used to get a taxi, I used to ask Holy Spirit, asking again, Holy Spirit, do you have something for this person? And I remember there were one time I got into this taxi and I felt like fire in my heart because that's also how the Holy Spirit speaks to you through like fire. So he put something in here and you're just like, what is this? And I started to ask him, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to tell me? Is this something for this driver? And he said, yes. And I started to ask him, 
okay, is this driver, I saw like a five-year-old and I saw like the Lord was bringing restoration. So I just went straight away and I just asked him, sorry, like, do you have a five-year-old daughter? And he looked at me and he was like, yes, why? And I just started to say to him, I believe that the Lord is saying that he is bringing restoration into your marriage and that you are not going to be, that you are not going to be separated from your daughter because the Lord is saying right now, son, I'm bringing restoration into your marriage. He started to say, wow, wow. And I was like, and then he started to share with me that he was fasting because his wife wanted to divorce him and mm -hmm. take his five-year-old daughter far from him. So he was actually fasting. Oh, look, I'm even feeling now like, yeah. <laughs> wow. And he started to actually say like, wow, I'm being fasting today. And I was asking God, what should I do? And you just actually brought confirmation. See, this is why we need. The so cool. So we can actually, hey, release what God is saying into other, other people. And we see that one word of revelation can transform someone's life. And this mm -hmm. is why for me, the, the, the prophetic is so important. And what I was saying before was that a lot of people are using actually the prophetic to what to control and to manipulate people. And it's turning now into witchcraft. And you know, First of Thessalonians 5.19 says, quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. What we need to understand is that we are quenching the Holy Spirit when we're not accepting the prophetic, okay? When we distrust prophetic ministry, it results in what? In a quenching of the spirit. Mm -hmm. So we need to understand that God delights in revealing his mind yes. to us through the prophetic spirit. This is why we need the prophetic, you know, mm -hmm. to release what the Lord is saying to other, other people, to release heaven on earth, to start to advance his his kingdom and to start taking authority over our family, over our cities and over our nations. So that's mm. a little of them. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. And that's it. Uh, like anytime you get like a, a, a word of knowledge about somebody, you know, it's like, like you were saying, it can completely change things. Like the a really famous example is in the book of Jonah, right? When he goes to the Ninevites, he gives a prophetic word and they actually repent. And then <laughs> a, 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 like a, a whole group of people, a whole people group turns back to God. They, they repent and they turn to God uh, and they, you know, and it was because Jonah gave a word. Of course, he pouted afterwards that nothing happened, but that's beside the point. Um, he gave the word and then they were like, whoa, hey, if we repent, then God will God will have mercy on us and he'll forgive us and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, man, that. I, I think everybody's fired up, Julie. I think everyone's excited. Um, yeah. You know, and it's like, let's clean house, guys. Let's get get ourselves ready for what God is is doing in this hour in the body of Christ. You know, this, this is how we do it. Sorry. You know what I believe that the Lord is doing in, in this season? I see in the spiritual realm that the Lord is calling us back to the street again. I feel like the Lord is saying it's time to make the street the altar. 
because for many wow. years the church is being locked in this four wall, releasing everything in there. But I believe the Lord is saying revival is coming to the nations, but you need to make the street your altar and you need to make the pool build your altar. And you know, this is what we are starting right now in Colombia here. One of the strategies is like outside. And we actually started on Friday, on Good Friday, we went out. Remember, like I have never lived, I only lived in Colombia when I was young and I moved to Spain when I was like five, six years. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, Laura, I'm just gonna do it. I don't know how people are going to react to me and the team. We went out on Good Friday. It was full of people. We are standing in the center of this of this park. One of the leaders here started to worship. And actually, we started to pray to open up there. And then as soon as I grabbed the microphone and I started to say, like, hey, you want to, you want us to pray for us, to receive, you know, prophetic re re revelation, healing. Actually, you know, people started to answer to the altar call in the middle of the street. Wow. We saw people now coming to the front. And we were looking at each other like, whoa. And they, <laughs> it was, it's, it's just amazing. So the Lord is saying, is ready now i need people that are actually going to say hey here i am send me so i believe this is what the lord is saying people that start to take the street and use the street as an altar as a pulpit there's going to be revival this wow. is why right now we see everyone in the street and there's massive revival and people are actually doing these huge things in the street people are answering the call why because the harvest is ready so mm. i believe that we need to partner with what heaven is saying in this season and we need to actually say hey god here i am send me and what i want to be part of this army send me to the street what are you saying what are you doing and i start taking territory because remember it's about territories and nations mm -hmm. that's a good word julie that's a really good word all right um why don't you go ahead and pray for people this is so good so good <laughs> father thank you Thank you, Lord, for what you are doing at this time. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because yes. you are shaking us. You are awakening us. You are opening our spiritual senses to a different level. So we just ask you, Lord, will you open our eyes? Will you open our ears? Father, will you teach us and train us to hear from you and to have intimacy and communion with you? Father, I just declare right now that every day that's been stopping father the spiritual eyes the spiritual ears the spiritual senses in this moment and start to break now in the name of jesus father i just release the prophetic and the manifestation of the power of the holy spirit upon their lives father i just declare father dreams and visions started to be activated in their life father that you are raising the remnant father the the occupying army in this season that are going to start to occupy father their family that they are to they are they are going to start to occupy the workplace their cities their nations the governments and we just declare in the name of jesus that a new identity is coming to the body of christ that a new authority is coming to the body of christ father when we are just gonna start walking in unity that when we are going to start father even covering each other nakedness and in the name of jesus i just father release your healing right now into every everyone that's listening in the name of Jesus, every spirit of confusion, even every spirit right now, yes, of intimidation, we just command you to live now in the name of Jesus. And we just, Father,
Father declare in this next season, Father, that the streets will be the altars, that we will see healings taking place in the streets, Father, deliverance. Father, we just call revival. We just call for awakening. And we just even call, Father, for those in caves right now. Father, we just call them out of that cave. We call those prophetic voices out of that cave. We call, Father, those prophets out of that cave. All of those, Father, that have been feeling that they cannot speak, that they have been feeling in captivity. Father, we just call them out right now in the name of Jesus. And we just declare dry bones, hear the word of the Lord, rise up right now in the name of Jesus and take authority and that the army of the Lord in this season is going to be spreading like never before, pushing back darkness. We just bless you, God. We honor you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Woo. Yeah. Um, okay, Julie, how can people follow you? So, you guys can uh, follow me on, I am on, on, on YouTube, on Instagram. So as I said, the ministry that, you know, we are releasing here in Latin America is called Rig Latam. So you can actually follow Rig Latam on YouTube, Rig Latam. We have a website, Rig Latam on East, on Instagram. We are doing sessions in English and in Spanish. You can also follow me. I think the website is there, Julie Lopez, and you will find the links, my YouTube channel, my Instagram. So those are the places where you can find me and what we are doing right now. Awesome. And let me tell you something. Even if you are not from Latin America, you can still be part because we are training people in the prophetic. We are raising prophetic voices. You know, we actually had some people moving, living their lives, moving to Pereira, to the city where I am, to actually partner. I have someone that recently move from the usa to actually serve and to work in here so this is wow. what the lord is doing in this nation so if you if you are not here but you still want to be part of a or part of what the lord is doing you can follow us come on come on thank you so much julie thanks for saying yes to coming back on this is so good so good thank you thank you jeff yeah. yeah um everybody that is our show have a blessed thursday tune in tomorrow we've got andrea hobart back to close out the week that's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. We love you guys, and we will see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Andrea Hobart. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.